everybody, and welcome back to Wish Upon a Star. I'm Frodo the Lawyer, and I'm here with Rico Skrepka. Hey, everybody. We thought maybe he could give some light into uh, into these movies that we've been talking about, Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros. But on top of that, he's also uh, a funny guy. <laughs> well, I try. Thank you. Can you please just introduce yourself and tell everyone why we've dragged you out for this interview? Uh, yes. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, as Frodo says, my name is Rico, and I've been brought on here as a special uh, Brazilian expert, as uh, my uh, parents were born in Brazil, and I was born here. Um, and I actually here? watched uh, here in the United States, okay. New Jersey, specifically. Right. Just, just to yeah. be clear, because, you know, like, there, this, there's no um, location technology when you listen to a podcast, so you could be anywhere. Right? Oh, that's absolutely truly, and I know that you have fans and listeners across the globe. So yes. just to be clear, shout out uh, to uh, Steve Bread on Twitter, uh, our our one UK listener. Oh, oh, top of them. No, that's Ireland. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I actually watched these. Uh, you know, when you brought this up, I realized that, that my parents sat me down in front of this uh, Three Caballeros uh, when I was a kid growing up, you know, they... Really? Yeah, like, and, and I guess, you know, doing a little research, it seems very much that uh, this was sort of like an introduction to Disney, um, you know, to South Americans. It's really kind of interesting they talked about this sort of like... Uh, you know, anti-Nazi campaign, goodwill to bring Disney down. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, specifically, so you said that your your parents were born in Brazil. Uh, so, like, in the 19, I don't know, I guess, uh, maybe it was your grandparents, but in the 40s, like, was your family kind of like, I don't know, are we going to be Nazis? Are we going to be, like, good guys? And then they, they saw this movie, <laughs> and then the movie, like, successfully good neighbor policied them. They were like, okay, like Disney, Disney wants us to like the U.S. of A., so we like the U.S. of A. Yeah, you know, uh, I can't really uh, go into the crimes of my uh, <laughs> family and forefathers, but I would like to hope that they were always good. Okay. Uh, so actually, my uh, my dad was born right before this came out. He was born in 1943. Okay. And this came out in 44, 45? Yes, 44, yep. Um, you know, and actually, my grandparents... Uh, my grandparents were European, so it's even more kind of interesting. So they were uh, Ukrainian, and back uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was actually Brazil who was, like, propagandizing to the Ukraine. I don't know why, but it was like, hey, if you come over here, you're going to get some land, and, uh, you know, you'll be free from persecution and all that kind of thing. So, you know, maybe if if... Brazil had sent the three caballeros uh, to the Ukraine back then, then, you know, they would have gotten even more people to come over, you know? Yeah. So it's all about goodwill and, and, I don't know, tricking people into coming to Brazil, I guess, and learning more about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the movie somehow had an impact on your family because then they, they set you down and showed it to you. Did you talk to your parents at all when you watched it about the first time they had seen it or, or anything like that? Um, you know, I mean, it was so long ago. I don't, I don't really recall, but I remember like for them, it was really important. So maybe I should have your parents on this podcast is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and like they could speak Portuguese way better than I can, you know, like they definitely tried to 
teach me a lot about the culture as, as you know, I was just like a little brat in Jersey growing up. <laughs> um, you know, and they would speak to me in Portuguese and I'd always answer back in English, you know, but for them, like they, it was important that, you know, that I learned more about the country that I was from and all of that, you know, uh, I, the last time I, I was there was when I was like five years old, you know, when I was like just a little kid, they brought me down there. So, you know, this is one of the things that they showed me, I think, to really just kind of like teach me more about Brazil, you know, and I'm, you know, obviously I like Disney and Donald Duck and all of that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, you know, I was there just like Donald having Joe Carioco like trying to teach me everything about it, which is yeah. really kind of only like the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. well, well, hopefully you were less of like a sexual predator than Donald Duck was uh, when you were, a, you know, a five year old boy watching this this movie. You know, I don't know if uh, if there was ever really any sort of like sex or romance in cartoons ever. And now it's, you know, I mean, these days it's so, you know, there's like adult cartoons and mm. not, not like adult cartoons, but you know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, uh, cartoons that just have adult themes in them. But uh, right. Like Dora the Explorer. Right. Yes, very much. Look, you know, Manifest Destiny is a, is a big thing we're talking about. Um, so, you know, to have, like, instead of just being goofy and zany and all that sort of thing, to like to have Donald be interested, uh, and by the way, like to be interested in a human woman, Yeah. you know, it's like, what, okay. Is there anything else you wanted to say about like your first experience watching it and learning the culture before we get into sort of the content? Well, well, I just like to say that, uh, Joe Carioco, like his, uh, Portuguese obviously is very great. Mm-hmm. And even just now listening to it, you know, the last time that I that I rewatched this, you know, in preparation for this, I, I was actually surprised at like how much I understood. Yeah. And it, it was like really interesting to to hear like how much just of another language they would like not I don't want to say spew, but like I mean he talks so quickly and that's kind of the joke of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. That you're like, oh who I have no idea what he's saying. But like everything he's saying is like good and correct and i'm like oh, you know i actually could have like learned a little more portuguese maybe if i just watched these cartoons growing up you know so so that part you know the content whatever but his language skills very impressive very on point yeah yeah it's interesting and we talked a little bit about uh it's jose right not jose in portuguese yes it is jose yeah uh jose was he was performed by a Brazilian performer who went by the name uh, Jose Carioca, Zay, particularly. So he's uh, kind of adopted – they adopted his stage persona into this parrot. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's an interesting representation of a Brazilian person. I, I think it's a more flattering and positive representation than we see Panchito, the the rooster in this movie, in Three Caballeros, who yeah. is uh, kind of your, like – Every Mexican you've seen in a Western movie, if you had been, if you were growing up in the 1940s, like, oh yeah, Mexicans, they wear sombreros and have guns. Of course, that's what they do. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, I think that Jose, on the other hand, is is uh, a little more of a uh, you know a worldly fellow, or a, I don't know, I don't know what your part is. He, he's right. more. No, he... no. Yeah, I would say like this is definitely painting Brazil in, in a better light, and I'd say honestly, like even even these days, like. You know, for the size and, and, and just just for the size of Brazil, I, I feel like it's it's not really 
spoken about or like you know what i mean it, it doesn't really it's never really made its place and uh, you know on the world stage and mm-hmm. you know maybe now with like the politics kind of going on people are like oh okay well that's not good mm-hmm. but uh, i think even back then you know as a sort of goodwill gesture um jill karaoke like yeah. generally he's like the most like fun loving guy he's like hey what's up Tom? i want to show you where i'm from right he's it's not beautiful He's very yeah. mellow. He's not as aggressive as is Panchito, and he's not as um, stupid and sort of uh, car- carnal. No, that's not right, the right word. Yeah, he, uh, like uh, primal as Donald is. You know, he's very he's he's a sophisticated man. He's he's not a goofball. So right, exactly. I mean, I, I know, like you know, as we get into the to the actual cartoon itself, like yeah. he's getting them. Uh, you know, his experiences uh, have been like, like drinking shishasa and then hanging around with women. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. That's not that bad. Maybe for, a, you know, a cartoon duck, it's like, Ugh. but you know what? It just seems like he's like a fun guy, you yeah. know? It's like, hey, come, let's have a night on the town. Let's yeah. do it. Do well, it up. Well, let's go into some of the the stuff that you watch in the film. So first, there's a little segment of Saludos Amigos that we talked about in the last episode, but it's the uh, the watercolor of Brazil section where there's yeah. watercolor painting, and that's when we first see Jose and Donald, and they they try a drink, and then they um, uh, they walk through the, the streets of Rio. What is that drink? Can you give us a little more explanation of that? Yeah, so cachaça, I would say, is like the national uh, liqueur of Brazil. You know, it's very similar to rum uh, in that it's a distilled uh, sugar product. Uh, but I would say it's it's not really as refined and it's not aged, so it's it's got more of a um, more of a paint thinner quality to <laughs> it, for better or worse. You know, That's I fair. definitely would be breathing fire, much as Donald was. Um, mm. It is definitely not. Um, like a pink bubbly drink uh, as portrayed in the cartoon. It's, you know, it's clear and generally it's used in making uh, caipirinhas, which is like a a sugar and cachaça and lime uh, drink. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and again, like typical, that's like, well, okay, when you think about Brazil, yeah, you're going to have cachaça. So Mm -hmm. it'll definitely mess you up very quickly though. Uh, Not something... uh, that cartoons or children should really be messing with. But, hey, you know, that's Brazil. That's one of those other caricatures that uh, I guess um, you're going to encounter when just talking about Brazil in general like that. Yeah, it is a sort of – I think there's a balance in these movies of Disney trying to portray the reality of these cultures but then also trying to show off the most sort of wild and exotic parts of these cultures because it has to be something that draws the attention of the viewers and is interesting. So, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, here, we eat bread in Brazil. Isn't that wild? You know, so they, <laughs> they have to kind of – they're trying to show something crazy, and that does sort of border a little bit on generalizing or stereotyping. But um, Right. Yeah. And, and then again, I have to speak well to, to Disney on this one because, you know, it's like they, they go out to like a little bar, a little cafe, and they're drinking it from these like fancy champagne glasses. You know, it's not like a, a jug with – XXX on it, you know, it's like, Ooh, this is refined. And, and then again, it's, uh, it's Jose. It, Jose is not the one who's getting blasted. You know, it's Donald who just yeah. can't really control himself. And Jose's just kind of like, Oh, you silly goose yeah, or duck, you yeah. know? So <laughs> you're right. Pato. Uh, <laughs> is, is that, is that also Portuguese? Because that, I know that's Spanish for duck for sure. 
Uh, yeah, Pato is also Portuguese for dust. There's uh, a, a lot of overlap. And, and you know, growing up, uh, I went right into like the honor Spanish class, which is great, uh, just from my little knowledge of Portuguese. Um, and it's kind of interesting in that uh, I would say, you know, we say that if you speak Portuguese, then you know Spanish. But in whatever weird way, it just doesn't work the other way around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know a good amount of Spanish. I took it for about uh, – let me count. So I, I took it for six years in school. So, yeah. But, I, yeah, Portuguese for the most part, I wasn't really following too much of what, what he was saying. So Yeah. Maybe, but was, also, it's been a while. <laughs> right, yeah. And he was just going at it, like, at such a fast clip that even I was like, oh, uh, yeah. All right, yeah, great, okay, cool. You know, but it, right. it's just, uh, and then even there too, like in, in Brazil uh, itself, Brazil is so vast and, and diverse, um, and it's kind of interesting that like when he went to Bahia, yeah, uh, you know, so that's like the northeast corner of Brazil. So over there, especially, really has like a lot more like African influence, you know. So like, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to bring that up. Sure. Uh, so Bahia, which is focused on in the Brazil section of Three Caballeros, yeah. uh, that is, I looked it up, the fourth largest state in Brazil, and uh, it's known as the birthplace of samba, and samba, kind of like what you're saying, has these African roots. And, I mean, you can speak to this, but Brazil, it's not all immigrants from Ukraine, as one might expect. <laughs> it's actually yeah. a, a very diverse uh, area with, there's... I mean, it's, it's a gigantic country geographically, and then you yeah. have people of African descent, people of Portuguese descent, the the native populations mixed in. Right, so yeah, and a whole a, big thing. A surprising amount of Germans. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when... that's, that's, why they, that's why they need these movies, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and then even, uh, you know, from like Japan and China and, and Korea as well, it's just really diverse, which I found was kind of interesting. Um, you know, when they actually switched to the live action part, uh, which is really interesting, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in Three Caballeros, that all of the people of Bahia yeah, yeah, are, all, are all just like <laughs> white for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just varying shades of white. And, and right. you know, even all the, the guys were dressed uh, just with their little stripes and their big hats. And, yeah, they're all the same, yeah. <laughs> right. And then all the women basically had, you know, had that sort of fruit in the head kind of look. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm going to say a little bit leading up to that scene, and then then let's talk a little bit more about the Bahia scene. Sure. So, so, so the movie Three Caballeros, the movie starts off, and it's Donald Duck, and it's his birthday. He gets a letter, and he has this big present for his birthday, obviously, from his friends from Latin America. And he opens it up, and uh, first he watches uh, a some videos about birds on a projector screen. Then the next thing he pulls out is a book. And this book is a book of Brazil. And he opens it up and it's his friend, Jose, again. And then Jose says, hey, you know, we went to Rio last time, but have you been to Bahia? And Donald's like, whatever he says. And (laughs) and so that's how they end up traveling through the book to uh, the state of Bahia. So um, that's what we were just sort of talking about. And mm-hmm. he encounters a woman. Um, do you were you familiar with who this woman is, Rico? Uh, I I am not familiar with who she was at all. Okay. No, I, I imagine just another sort of like famous uh, Brazilian actress or singer. But 
I yeah. was not aware of who she was, yeah. Well, so I looked her up, so I'm going to drop some knowledge on you about her. So Please. Her name Please. is Aurora Miranda, and mm-hmm. Aurora Miranda is not as famous. She's the lesser-known sister of Carmen Miranda, ah, who okay. is, was the, the first Brazilian or South American woman to get a star in the Hollywood walk, whatever that's called. Yeah, the Walk of Fame. Yeah, so she was a little more famous. She was also around the same time. She's six years older, but she was in a lot of American movies. She helped popularize samba, music, and dancing Mm -hmm. in American films. Uh, So Carmen was nicknamed the Brazilian Bombshell, and she was noted for the signature fruit hat, and that's kind of why that's become a thing in America. Um, Allegedly, the... I don't know, allegedly, but Wikipedia says (laughs) that... (laughs) <laughs> Her fruit hat use inspired the Chiquita Banana symbol of the oh, woman. Yeah. So, uh, so she's really famous. Aurora was kind of famous, but not as much. Uh, there is a quote on Wikipedia that mm. uh, Aurora, and, th- and this is a little editorializing in Wikipedia. Aurora Miranda had a successful career in Brazil and the U.S., perhaps overshadowed by that of her sister Carmen. Aurora was six years younger, not as brilliant. But equally talented Whoa. and vivacious. So they made a decision that Aurora was not as, not as brilliant, but she was equally talented. So I don't know exactly what, what that means. Right, yeah. I don't know where you, like, where you picked that up from. I don't know. Maybe, like, business savvy. She didn't pick as good of an agent. Yeah. She could only book cartoons. You know, I don't know. But... Yeah, exactly. I guess Aurora got, got stuck with Donald. But the thing is, there's a couple of things that I think play into Aurora's favor. One is that since she ended up in a Disney movie, you know, we're still – talking about her on a podcast, there's nobody doing any podcasts out there about, like, you know, boring Bing Crosby 1940s movies that Carmen Miranda was popping up in. You know, like, that's, that's just not a thing. So, right. So not Aurora, at all. Aurora wins there. And second of all, uh, Carmen died when she was only 46 in 1955, whereas Aurora lived to be 90 and died in 2005. So she had wow, 50 more years of, of fun living. So take that, Carmen. Take that's right. That. Maybe Car- Carmen might have sh- shown brighter, but she burned out far too soon, clearly. Yes. So good good job, Good job, Aurora. Aurora. Good surviving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's a little background on her, but she appears in, <laughs> okay. this, in this film. Uh, yeah, you, you wanted to talk a little bit about the scene when she appears and, and starts singing and dancing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, can we speak to the fact that uh, this is actually, I believe, the first uh, commingling of live action and, and cartoon ever seen? Uh, it, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't? What? No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, so there was something called the Alice Comedies in the 1920s where Disney did this. But, yes, this is one of the, I guess, first – it's one of the first – instances of combining live action and animation and i think it's maybe one of the more interactive ones i mean you can you can youtube the alice comedies from the 1920s they're pretty yeah. bare bones uh this this looks a lot better so yeah sorry sorry right, to like, yeah sorry to like poop on your your like little point you were gonna make but yeah no that's that's quite all right that's quite all right i was just gonna speak to my love of who framed roger rabbit you know yeah, but yeah. I, I i just feel like it worked very well uh always you know visually striking you know um so yeah you know so jose brings donald into bahia and he's like oh you know here comes here comes the cookie lady you know she's selling cookies and like that's pretty much like all she says for for at least the first half of her entrance there she's just 
walking around selling cookies and you know she catches uh, not only Donald's eye mm-hmm. uh, I, I again showing you know that Brazil Brazil just is what it is and then Donald's the one who's just totally mystified and 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 uh, stymied and by just how beautiful it is there you know yeah. so she catches uh, Donald's eye as well as like Seven other, yeah, there's the thirty other Bahians there, and each one of them has their own um, their own instruments. Yeah, you know, one of the other things that I really like uh, watching these things. Um, uh, one of the other things I really liked about watching these cartoons was the introduction of all of, like the interesting uh, Brazilian music and instruments. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, there are some that I had known and listened to growing up. Um, you know, like these sounds that like you don't really hear in any other sort of music, you know, like uh, the one I, I, I really think stands out is it's called the Cuica. The Cuica. Is that the little thing that the it, guy was flicking? No, I, I, I do want to talk about that because <laughs> okay. I have no idea what that was. <laughs> so uh, actually there wasn't anybody playing the Cuica uh, mm-hmm. in that clip, but it's it's prominent in all of the music as gotcha. well as, you know, the music of Brazil. Oh, is that the, like uh, that? Like that sort of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you might know it as like you know, like from the Austin Powers theme. You're yes, like, yes, like yes. you know, Quincy Jones uh, really uses it, and it's just like it looks like a drum, but there's like a a stick that comes out from like underneath the drum head, and you just rub that stick with like uh, oh yeah, rub that like stick. A, you rub that stick, baby, with like a tissue, <laughs> and it just makes that weird sort of like whoop 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 sound. I mean, have you ever rubbed a stick with a tissue? Has it made that sound? Uh, you know, not. It's made okay. plenty of different sounds. And okay. Oh, my goodness. But uh, <laughs> not not to any sort of musical quality, gotcha. you know? Um, you know, and, like, they bring out the trumpet player. Yeah, and yeah. And there's the guitarist. And then there's this guy who's like, uh, uh, I need an instrument. Uh, crap. Uh, you know, this woman's really beautiful. I know. I'm going to take this stick and just like hit it against my teeth <laughs> yeah. and and you know what he was the most impressive most amazing thing that i've ever <laughs> seen like the musicality that came out of this stick yeah and i'm like i i couldn't tell you what the name of it is and i'm like like is he blowing into it you know because it had this range of yeah. sound to it the whole scene is very interesting how it's all these guys you know sort of pulling out their best trick to woo this woman um, which is a theme throughout the Three Caballeros, kind of unfortunately in retrospect that, like, you know, there's a lot of objectifying of women, but uh, we're, we're talking about it, and, you know, we're going to keep in mind right. the negative aspects, we're going to acknowledge them, but, you know, that's that's how this movie was portrayed, the beautiful women of, of Latin America and uh, all these men kind of going for them. Uh, right, yeah. I mean, I guess that was just kind of how it was at the time. But, you know, even then, like, she wasn't like dressed like scantily, you know. No, she just no. seemed like a, a normal, just smiling, great, wonderful woman, just trying to sell her cookies. Mm. And then, uh, luckily, they brought out about like thirteen other similarly dressed women. So you know, each of the yeah. uh, musicians went off with someone. You know, well, yeah, it, yeah. That was the the work of the guitar player who I was following throughout. The guitar player, I think he's the MVP of the song. So let me explain kind of yeah. what he did. So there's. 
he's like trying to woo her with his guitar early on and there's this really good gifable moment where like she kind of turns away from him and he's kind of looking down and all sad yeah. and he he just has this little knowing like nod he does like a, it, it would it would make a good good gif or gif like I, oh I, yeah believe me. I, I think i've seen that where uh, i remember that that point where he's like yeah. mm. Yeah. Uh, I still got more. Yeah, it's, it's, I looked. It's at thirty-two minutes and thirty seconds in the movie. So all you technology giffers out there. Uh, <laughs> so right when that happens, then he leaves, and then that's when he comes back a few minutes later. And now he has all these other women. So he's like, "All right, you're going to reject me, a f- semi-famous woman, not as famous as her, sister, as her sister, but I got all these other women. So look who's laughing now." Um, that's right. That's right. But that and does, then you know. In the end, uh, I'm sorry, unless you're going to lead into that right now. Well, I was going to say, with when all the other women show up, that's Donald's opening. That's his chance. He's been trying. He tried to use a giant hammer already, a giant mallet. That didn't work out. But once all the other women show up, now he has his chance to woo Aurora or whatever. Right, and he's got – and, like, maybe one of those other dudes, uh, he dropped, like, bouquet of flowers, so yeah. he gives he gives Aurora the bouquet of flowers, and she's like, para me, you know, for yeah. me. And gives him a big old kiss right between the eyes, and then it sends him into this like Willy Wonka, just <laughs> insane acid trip. Yeah, uh, which is really like so abstract, and and again, it's so amazing. I really enjoy like they start, you know, they show all the instruments coming in and the music, and it's uh, I like you know reading um, about the Three Caballeros. Like back then, the reviews were really critical about this part. It sounds like that. Like, they didn't really get this sort of abstraction that was going on. Um, but to me, I thought it was so fascinating and, and really, like, uh, beautiful. You know, they mm-hmm. had, like, like two of the guys, like, kind of recreating the fight. And then they turn yeah. into these, like, they turn to roosters. roosters yeah. Right. They turn into, like, these cockfighters. And then, like, they, they, they fight. And then it comes back. And it's just, like, you know, that's, that's what love will do to you, man. Yeah. Just really, oof. Thank you for a And actually having seen all of the Disney movies leading up to this that I've seen, it kind of echoes some of the other instances we've seen of surrealism. Thinking back to Fantasia, we've seen some of that. The the song that I currently have listed at number one, which is Pink Elephants on Parade. And that's a very surreal music uh, song and, and animation. And they kind of bring that back here. And we've also seen other instances of men fighting over women. We just had Bambi where there's a, a noteworthy scene where there's two men or two mm. men. There's two deer fighting over Feline <laughs> and it, there's the red color in the background. Very similar to this scene. So it's cool that Disney is it, it has continued to really play into surrealism. And uh, they, even though they're a, children's media company and then at this point they're famous and and well-known they still aren't afraid to go off and do something outside the box and maybe they suffered a little bit with reviews but again you know it, it made for a cool sequence yeah you know like watching the uh uh you know before they actually go to Bahia uh Jose is, is thinking about Bahia and there's this like this kind of like uh throwback to his memory of it and it's you know, this beautiful just, like, view mm-hmm. of the city and the town and, like, these, like, birds that are in love or something like that. And, and on the one hand, I'm thinking, like, as a kid, I would be really bored by this. But, you know, looking at it now, like, you know, this is actually, like, really interesting and beautiful. And, again, 
uh, especially compared to the other portrayals of, of other, uh, you know, South American, Latin American countries. I'm like, you know, Brazil's really getting this sort of this beautiful sort of uh, rose colored glow to everything yeah. about it, you know? And yeah. then what, you know, bringing it again, um, you know, to the second part, like, like with the music and, and just everything about that too. Like I, I just really, uh, I just really enjoyed just listening to, you know, the language and just hearing all of that music again. I think that, that Disney did a really good job with, um, you know, introducing these instruments and these sounds to uh, to the American people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, and simply the fact that this film was made shows that it co- sort of caught on with the American people because this is a sequel to Saludos Amigos. If that hadn't been some degree of successful, we probably would not have seen Three Caballeros. I mean, they were getting funding from the government, as we said before, but um, yeah, I, I think that people it caught on again. Like we, I was saying. Aurora Miranda and her sister Carmen became sort of celebrities for appearing in various movies, and Samba really took off in the American conscience. So, um, yeah, I guess the American people like Brazil, and hopefully Brazilian people liked America, and, you know, the Nazis lost, so all is well. All is well. That's right. The Nazis lost, and now we got Mulan, you know? <laughs> the, yeah, the, the Nazis lost, and now we have, you know... Uh, our own fascist instead of Hitler now in both uh, countries. Yeah. So. Oh, great. <laughs> so we talked a lot about this sequence with Aurora Miranda singing and all these men playing instruments. The song that's playing for most of that is called, and correct my pronunciation if I'm wrong, it's Os mm-hmm. Kindins de Yaya. So this song, Amanda and I are not going to be reviewing it or rating it, nor did we review and rate technically Aquilera do Brazil because they're not original songs. So both of these songs were written by right. a fella named Ari Barroso. It is mm-hmm. you know, a very prominent song in a Disney movie, and they chose to include it. So I do want to ask you about this this song. Uh, so quindins, according to my research, are some sort of Brazilian baked dessert. Have you ever ever heard of them? Kindim? A kindim? Um, Q-U-I-N-D-I-M. You know, I I don't I don't think I've ever had those. I mean, I've had plenty of um uh you know growing up, plenty of other sort of Brazilian desserts and and, and things like that. They um, say it's a it's a sugar egg yolk combination that's kind of custardy. It almost looked to me like flan, but it, like in a circular form, like a almost like shaped like a donut, but it looked like custardy flan. I don't know. One of the, the like more famous desserts from Brazil are called pujim. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like pujim is like the, the kind of cookie version of it. So pujim is, uh, as you said, it's much like a flan, you know, that it's a cooked custard. Um, so pujim is, is like a boiled custard. So it's got like a really like uh, dense, almost like chewy texture to it. You know, it's not really like a flan that's like nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we would have those growing up all the time. And, you know, it's made with like condensed milk as most, as most, if not all Brazilian desserts, or, and actually like most Latin American desserts uh, made with condensed milk. Um, so pujing is like a, you know, the classic dessert. So uh, if a pujing is anything like a pujing, mm. then 
Yes, I've had them and enjoyed them very much. Well, that's cool. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what the lyrics. Well, that's what the song is called. I don't know if they were referring to it throughout the song or, or not. Yeah. Um, they were saying a lot of yaya, which is uh, also in the title of the song. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a yaya. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I think yaya is well. According to Wikipedia, again, where I'm getting all of this information, yeah. Yaya is a term of endearment that originated among Brazil's black slaves. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that does sound like consistent with uh, Bahia then, even though there definitely were uh, no black slaves right. or really any sort of uh, African representation there in, in, any in of this uh, film, yeah. Right, in any of the film. But, um, you know, that does sound to be accurate given. Uh, you know, the makeup of that region of Brazil, yeah. Right. All right, well, I guess summing up all of this experience that you've had, you would say that this is a, a positive move by Disney to to take on these films. Would, would you say that? I mean, I, I don't want to have you – you're not speaking for, you know, the entire country of Brazil, but uh, just, I guess, from your personal perspective. Right. For my So from my personal perspective, I think uh, – I think Disney did a very good job here. You know, it's been a long time since I watched these, uh, you know, 30-something years. But, uh, you know, going back to them now, um, you know, it makes me a little it makes me a little nostalgic for Brazil. You know, the music, yeah, it's the traditional, you know, samba and, like, the songs that you hear about every time you hear about Brazil, sure. Um, you know, but they're beautifully done. And they really showcase every uh, musical instrument that's uh, unique to Brazil, especially that little tooth tapping, you know, thing. Uh, I'll have to find the name about it. And, uh, you know, Jose, maybe he's he's not the most in-depth kind of character, but he's always up for showing Donald a good time. And it's just always, like, really warm and welcoming. And I mm-hmm. think if there's anything to take away uh from you know these films is that that's um, that's what Brazil is all about. So I think Disney did a good job in, in mm-hmm. showing Brazil in a good light. So I guess would you recommend showing this movie to the children of America these days? You know, to be like, hey, this is one of the Disney classics, or um, is it something that is kind of dated and uh, kind of deserves its its place where it's been like pushed into the sort of afterthought category? Uh, you know, I think that well, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely dated um, and very you know one two note uh, in terms of Brazil. I I think it's I think that it's still a good gateway. You know, I think uh, I think it deserves its shot to to come back right. absolutely. All right, that's fair. That is fair. We will, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. We are uncovering every corner of Disney. We're not going to leave any stone unturned. That's why we're going to be watching Make My Music next, which is a very dumb movie, in my opinion, but <laughs> we will be watching it. Uh, yeah, but thanks thanks for coming on. I do want to ask you, sort of broadly, it, mm. what is your favorite Disney movie in terms of the songs? Like, is there any particular Disney movie? I know you were growing up in the 80s uh, when you were young. Is there a particular movie where you're like, that That was my jam growing up? Wow. Well, you know, that's actually uh, a really good and interesting question because for the most of my youth, I really did not watch Disney movies at all. And it was only the last year or so that one of my friends really just put it to me. And he was like, no, 
you have to go like watch these movies. Like here's like this year. It was in 2018 uh, where someone was like, no, like you are not getting away with another year without watching these classics. If only to have them, you know, in your back pocket, in your wheelhouse so that you understand the references and things that are going on, you know? So really only your entire Disney world was just like Donald Duck preying on women and then singing in Brazil. That was like, that was your entire concept of Disney. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? It's that. And and the other movie I really watched as a kid, uh, I didn't even know it was a movie so much as like a little piece, but it was Donald in Mathematical Land. Yes, I've seen that many you know? times, yeah. Me as well. So in my <laughs> mind, Donald is, uh, he's a, you know, a woman-hungry, alcoholic, but also an amazing mathematician. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know, he's just like a worldly kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't really pick up on the movies until this year. And, and with that in mind, uh, as much as I really loved Hercules, uh, I have to say, uh, Mulan was my favorite. Gotcha. Mulan is my favorite movie. And, and I, I can't even tell you the name of the song, but, but basically like where she's training with all of the men and the mm-hmm. men are talking about like why they're there and like being heroic and all of that, that, that was my favorite song. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah. That's a, that's. The famous one that is sung by Donny Osmond, I'll make a man out of you. So we'll oh, get to that great. eventually. And <laughs> in a couple of years, yeah. yeah in, in several decades. But <laughs> thank you for coming on and you know, giving us the, in some insights and uh, talking with me about the three caballeros and Saludos Amigos. All right, thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to Which Pot Star. <laughs> <laughs>